Folks, welcome to Josh's Worst Nightmare Oddcast, presented by Denver Horror Collective. I'm your host, Josh Schlossberg, surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction. For this episode, we're being infected by Jennifer Ann Gordon. Jennifer Ann Gordon is a gothic horror literary fiction novelist. Her work includes Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, From Daylight to Madness, the hotel book one, When the Sleeping Dead Still Talk, the hotel book two, and Pretty Ugly. Jennifer is one of the hosts, as well as the creator of the Vox Vomitus podcast, as well as the host of Let's Scare Jennifer to Death. On Josh's Worst Nightmare, I invite on horror creators to talk about an aspect of biological horror, which is living creatures, vital processes relevant to their dark arts. For this episode, we're going to talk to Jennifer about flesh-eating contagion, viruses, and bacteria. Get ready, everyone. Welcome, Jennifer, to my nightmare. Hey, Josh. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I think we have a great feel-good topic today. Yeah, we do. We'll see. I, this might be a listener favorite. It it may not. Uh, that, that doesn't matter. This is an important topic, uh, not just because it is central to your book pretty ugly which i recently read but also because this topic is it it grosses me out probably more than most so this is probably a good therapy session for me. okay good i mean it really really grosses me out too and i don't know why i chose this subject to to write about in my book i mean i know why i chose it because i was inspired but i'm very squeamish especially with medical things so i don't know what i was getting myself into when i was just like i know a virus that rots people's faces off. And then I thought, that's a great idea for a book. <laughs> well, do you think it's that we are drawn to those things that are more uncomfortable and then it comes out more vivid? Whereas if you were writing about, oh, I'm not afraid of dogs. And then you write about dogs, it's like, well, that's not very exciting. Yeah. You know, I think what weirdly inspired me was when I was in high school and even still now, I have terrible skin problems. I have psoriasis. I had really, really, really bad teenage acne, was on tons of medication, antibiotics all the time, would get cellulitis on my face. Uh, And, you know, being a teenager sucks enough. And then to have like something so horrifying happening to your face um, was really bad. And I remember having teachers think that I was being abused at home because my skin was so bad. And I'm like, no, that's just my skin. So I've always been real sensitive to like skin anything. And then a few years ago, this was pre-COVID, so we weren't wearing masks. uh, I saw, I went into just a store, like a convenience store with my husband and the cashier obviously had cellulitis on her face. It was red, it looked painful. And like my heart went out to her Hmm. and my husband had never seen somebody with cellulitis on their face. So when we got to the car, he was just like, I felt so bad for her. And I'm like, yeah, it used to happen to me all the time. And then I think it was my husband said something just like he threw it like a line away. He was like, can you imagine if that was contagious? And we all got that. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can imagine that. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an interesting point. So obviously things like acne are not contagious, but teenagers are mortified mostly just because what it's a cosmetic blemish and kind of around vanity obviously if you're getting it a lot that's going to be a concern and you know you want to deal yeah. with that but so the that seems to be a theme in pretty ugly though it's talking about skin deep stuff your aesthetic on the outside 
versus who you are in the inside. Was that a, I assume a deliberate thing that you did? Yeah, that was very much a deliberate thing. Um, and it's why I, I chose kind of my two main characters. One of them is an Instagram influencer and the other one is a kind of failed politician. And both of them are very much two different people. They're the person, their facade, their mask, and then who they are on the inside, which, it, and for both of them, it doesn't really gel. But being a fictitious person, being an Instagram influencer was so much easier for my main character, um, Amelia, to be. Like it was mm-hmm. easier to be fake than to deal with who she is. Mm-hmm. So in the world of Pretty Ugly, when all of a sudden there is this virus that is making people's faces kind of dissolve and rot off their body and it's super contagious, you know, it, to me, it was interesting to figure out who you would be when all you've ever pretended to be is gone. Like when you have to be yourself and the world is ending and everybody around you is dying and all you have left is like your trauma, Mm -hmm. (laughs) your childhood trauma that you can't fake away by being pretty anymore. I thought it was very effective. Yeah. I, the book, the aspects of the book definitely made me uncomfortable as I think it was (laughs) supposed to. But it was ultimately, I'm not going to give anything away, obviously, but there, there are aspects of, of redemption there. And yes. it was very beautiful. And of course, you know, during, you did write it, I assume, during the, the pandemic, did you not? Bef- yep, before and during. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, it sort of shaped it as it was going along. I'm like, oh, I wish I, it was just bad timing. I got that like weird horror novel, like, I don't know if you've ever done this or if horror people in general do it, that you feel like you write something and then it comes true. Mm-hmm. Like, so my, my book, Beautiful, Frightening and Silent, none of that came true except for the fact that my main character in that book had uh, a terrible injury where he broke his hip and his femur. And as I was writing that, like two months into that process, my mother fell down and broke her hip and her femur. And I'm like, oh no, yikes, yikes. did I, did I manifest that? Um, and then when I was writing Pretty Ugly, and then all of a sudden there's, you know, the world shuts down due to a pandemic. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, what am I carry? Do I have like enough psychic ability that I'm that I'm like, no, don't be a crazy person, Jennifer. You're you're not creating this. Well, <laughs> maybe maybe write some nice books next time. I don't know. Stop writing horror. I know that you can yeah. control this stuff. Yeah, my husband was like, try to write a rom com next time. Yeah. Like, that might be my <laughs> power is when I read or listen to certain authors, they die. They die. <laughs> I was on Within a podcast. Days sometimes. Oh, I hate that. I was on a podcast once with, and the, the host uh, interviewed a lot of like kind of famous people. And he said the same thing. He's just like the last like four huge celebrities I had died within a month. And I'm like, <gasps> yeah. well, celebrities die all the time. So uh, yeah. yeah, no indie <laughs> authors that I've read have died. So, uh, knock on wood, I'm knocking on wood right now. Everyone Everyone's should. safe. <laughs> yeah. Everyone should be good, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, pretty ugly. I wrote one of my haiku horror reviews that I will publish soon, which is, <gasps> Oh, haiku, well, I'm excited to horror review. That's all it is, but, uh, <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. But, and also, and I didn't, I was going to write them down, but then there were too many of them. Yeah. Your analogies are, are really tremendous. And it's funny because you actually even mentioned inside the book, the love language of one of your characters. Yes, metaphor is my love language. Right. That that part of the book actually was straight out came from a conversation between myself and my writing mentor Diane Zinna. We were just talking about love languages one day, and I 
And I said, I was like, metaphor is my love language. And she was like, that makes sense. And then I said the same thing, like also maybe being crushed to death by a building. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, that makes no sense, but it's perfect for you. And, yeah. uh, and then it ended up just like somehow, I know people are listening to this going, how does that work its way into flesh eating bacteria? You know, it, it, does. it does. Oh, it does. No, it does. <laughs> it yeah, you have a way. lot of creepy, but also beautiful metaphors, analogies, whatnot. But so let, let's talk a little more about skin yeah. disease things. So of course there's things around acne and things like that, which can be genetic. It can be to do with what, like pH of skin. It could, it could be a whole bunch of things, but then yeah. there's, there are things that are like contagious viruses, right? So, yeah. The- so we can, we can say the word like, like herpes is, mm-hmm. is, you know, a contagious virus that does terrible things to uh, very tender parts of your skin. <laughs> Right. And I don't want to give anything away in your book, but certain things are said early enough. Right. I mean, so there, there's viral yeah. elements, let's just say going on with your, yeah. what's going it's on. It's a virus. That's not a, that's not a, a big scare. Like people aren't going to go, Oh, I didn't realize their faces were rotting off. Like it happens in the first few pages. Like yeah. you, you figure out what's happening. Right. Right. I thought that was, that was really interesting because you have a different twist on it, but yeah, of course, I mean, there's things like herpes out there, which you know, grosses people out or whatever, but technically, I mean, is, is kind of harmless. So you, you bring another element into it, which takes it beyond the cosmetic, which obviously you'd need to do in a, in a horror book. So that was, very yeah. Effective. Yeah. You know, like I'm not overly a science person, but I know when I need help in that, mm. in that way. So I have a, a very good friend who is um, a biologist and she's, she's a science person and she, her her weird thing like everybody has their thing they do to like comfort themselves whether it's just like scrolling on instagram or for me it's like listening to true crime she likes to read about viruses and disgusting viruses and and kind of in her head wondering like what would happen if viruses mutated into so she was the one i called when i said okay i have this idea this is what i want the end point to be right and this is what I think it could stem from. So I can just like herpes, um, even though this is not necessarily in my book, a sexually transmitted disease. It is just right. something it is airborne. It's an airborne pathogen. Yeah. Um, but I was like, so if we start here, what can we add to it virally mm-hmm. <laughs> to get it where I need to go? And you know, she and I would have these long talks because I was like, oh, like leprosy. And she's like, no, leprosy is a bacteria. It's not a virus. And I'm like, okay, so strike out leprosy. So I spent a lot of time on the internet kind of looking up um, flesh eating viruses and leper colonies and, 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 you know, what would happen to a human's body if they had herpes and they had no immune system at all? And what would happen to... And uh, I was really feeling sick a lot because, as I said before, I'm squeamish. And, and I was like, why am I doing this? Why? Why? Click another thing. Read another thing. Um, but then, yeah, between her brain and my imagination, we came up with like kind of the two viruses that could mutate mm-hmm. to form the, my fictional virus in this book. and. And then I got to talk to a lot of people. Luckily, I have friends who work in like ICUs and who are paramedics and things like that. And I'm like, what would happen in an ICU if? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it came across as really realistic. I read 
and have researched and written both as a journalist and an author way too much about virus and bacteria. So yeah, it all, it all seemed to check out. Uh, yeah, definitely effective. Do you think, do you think that there was an element of catharsis in you writing about the things that grossed you out or does it just make it worse? Um, you know, I, I hate to say this, but I felt like kind of brave yeah. afterwards. I was like, I did it. I wrote this, you know, there's, you know, a few very specific scenes where I described the, the, the flesh or the lack thereof flesh on maybe on a character or two's faces. And that I felt like, really strong that I did I was able to do it and then when my uh when my husband and my first few beta readers read it they know I have a few very specific phobias skin rotting off eyeballs things like that (laughs) and I kind of tackled a few of them in this and uh my husband said that he didn't know how I even managed to write it because he said it was a quote a swear word disgusting (laughs) I was like well it was supposed to be (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what comes from a real place. And I think that's the, the beauty of horror writing when we try to mine our own anxieties. And I think it does come across and, and I, I, I appreciate that. And just to cover some of the list of things, just so it's comprehensive. So, so of course there are, you know, in terms of virus, we have Ebola, right? That's like the, yeah. the king of that's the king. That's like, viruses. Yeah. And that's the one that I was like, it's just too obvious if I yeah. go with Ebola. I agree. So I thought that I'm was like, a I don't want to do. Yeah. I'm like, Ebola's too, you know, that's why like I, I, I started with herpes. Cause I also thought like that really affects like the mucous membranes mm-hmm. and, you know, and it, it, it doesn't just have to happen, you know, sexually, like it just, mm-hmm. it can be in different parts of your body. And yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. Ebola too, too basic. <laughs> too over the top. Yeah. I, over the I top. agree. Right. I mean, that's, and that's already happening. So you created a new thing that doesn't exist based on some existing foundation versus just like, oh yeah, Ebola. It's like, well, we already have that. Like we don't we have already have it. I'm already that. scared of Ebola. <laughs> like, I wanted to be scared of something completely fictitious for like, you know, for a change of pace. Now I'm the like past. scratching my neck all of a sudden. I know. I was just like, oh, I feel like I should put on cortisone cream all over my entire body. Stuff. So I'm like, is I'm like itchy. Is itchiness a sign? <laughs> yep, it's a sign. Nothing. But uh, yeah. So yeah, of course there's Ebola. Then there's things. Yeah, MRSA, which is a bacteria, right? So yeah, MRSA is a bacteria too. Whatever the M is, it's methylicin. It's the medicine resistant yeah. Staphylococcus. I forget. And so, um, yeah, so basically that is something that's happening in the hospital. That's another fun, fun one. We'll just blow fun through one. these real yeah. quick. We don't need to exactly. go Exactly. These are like the feel good, you know, medicine resistant. Oh yeah. no, my face is rotting off. Yeah, no, no big deal. And then there's stuff that is actually not even viral or bacteria like uh, lupus. So the disease that like seal the singer had, which kind of does, can I don't want to say eat away can impact your flesh, but that's an autoimmune disease. So yeah. there's all this stuff. So I guess the, the question is why, why is does this, it's pretty obvious, I guess, but like, why are flesh diseases? Why are we most humans not a fan of them? <laughs> I mean, obviously um, they're uncomfortable and no one like, but like, yeah, what, is there a deeper meaning to why we're, we don't like it? I mean, I feel like it ends up being so 
like all we have is our skin really. Mm. That's like keeping our body together. We're very breakable little creatures. Like we don't have a shell. We don't have, so like if our skin, something happens to it, like our guts are going to come out. Mm -hmm. Like it really, like metaphorically, our guts are going to come out physically. Our guts are going to come out. Like, just like, to me, like, sometimes I think about that. I'm like, Oh, like, even when you just get like a little paper cut, you're just like, we're Mm -hmm. so fragile. And what would happen if just what was physically holding our body together started to disintegrate? What would that do? obviously to us physically, but what would that do during the process to us mentally? If like our skin suit, the thing that's holding us together wasn't there anymore. What does that do to your brain? When, and so that's like kind of the point of pretty ugly because what these characters have in common is the thing that's holding them together is their facade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and really in a world that. where that doesn't matter, how quickly do you fall apart physically and mentally? Sure. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of lessons again. I don't want to give anything away, but it's like, obviously it's okay to be aware of people's physical appearances in one's own, but we can go too far into vanity and obsession. And it's, you know, the beauty is only skin deep, all that stuff. I mean, there, there's truth. And obviously there, there's truth in, in elements of physical health. And, and sometimes it's represented um, in terms of physicality, but often, often not always, but but the deeper aspects, um, and, and sometimes it's like people who get really sick, they, they finally shed that obsession. And then they're like, yeah. oh, this is the stuff that really matters. And I feel like you do get into that in your book. Yeah, thank you. That, that actually means so much. Um, there have been two times in my life that I personally have been very, very, very sick. Um, once I was in my twenties and I have really bad lung problems and I was hospitalized for lung failure and I was in the hospital for 11 days and I didn't have pneumonia. I didn't have anything. My body literally just stopped working for a while. And, you know, and with that, you get organ damage and all these other Mm. things. And, you know, I was young, I was in my twenties. I wasn't taking great care of myself at all. My dad had died the year before. And I was in a hospital room across from where he had died. Mm. And I just remember those 11 days in the hospital when a priest came in to try to read me my last rites. And like all of these weird things happened. When I made it through that, I thought like, and I was in my 20s, so I was still stupid. But um, sure. <laughs> I was just like, you know, I have, I've taken so much for granted. And all of the things that I thought were important at the end of the day, when I was like laying in a hospital bed, were not important at all to me. So, yeah. So I like part of that experience, obviously shaded pretty ugly, um, especially, you know, um, Amelia slash Nicole, Amelia's her, you know, her Instagram handle and, uh, Nicole is just the real person. So it, it, I, a lot of her experience, I guess bits of it were taken from my own feelings. Yeah. It, it comes across as it rings true. And yeah, I think it's, we start losing the physical body to a certain degree, the attachment to it. We do, we do focus a little more. You can call it the personality. You can call it the mind, the emotions, the spirit, whatever you want to want to say. But, but regarding what you said before about like anything like a cut or a sore or whatever, yeah, it's literally showing us the insides. And so I think there obviously is an element of 
of repulsion. We probably have some instinctive, oh, that's a disease. I, I need to not catch it or whatever. But I think it's also, it's that reminder of our, our vulnerability and our mortality, right? So yeah. Like, you know, even, we're, we're weak. We're like, right. we're not like a big old, you know, sea turtle that <laughs> just can like swim around and live for a really long time. At the same time, I'm amazed, you know, cause I did I, for some reason, cut my hands all the time. And, and I'm like, I look at it repairing. I'm like, you know what? We are also fairly resilient at the same yeah. time, but yes, we're, we're obviously fragile and it's like diseases like cancer, which is obviously a horrible disease, but you don't often, you can't see it for the most part obviously late stages you can, whereas yeah. these other elements, you know, even just something like a pimple is just like, you can see it. So it's that element mm -hmm. of, of the outside that is just, it's a constant reminder of, you know, what we're animals that we are we're animals for, creatures. What? Yeah. yeah. And it's the, the constant reminder of, I, you, I can't control this, whatever this is on my face. Like I can, right. you know, and especially depending on our personalities, my personality, I like to control <laughs> situations. Yeah. And then all of a sudden something weird is happening to your skin, your body. And you're like, I can't control that. There's nothing in the world I can do when my eczema goes crazy mm -hmm. on my face and I'm on vacation, like there's nothing I can do. I'm like, this is just what's happening. Yep. Of course. You exactly. can put makeup on, you can do that, but like, you're not fixing it. You're not healing it. You're not controlling it. Our best bet as humans, when something bad happens to us physically on the outside is to ignore it, accept it or hide. Sure. Right. Like, yep. Yep. And it's funny because we do get really worked up. I remember just being, I don't remember, like 13 and having like a, a huge pimple, like a huge pimple. And just like all day, kind of like I had to go to like Hebrew school or something like that. And just, and there was one girl there, I think I liked or something. And like, just hiding my face, like, 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 what are they going to think? You're, you're, yeah. Right. Like they're just going to look at you and go like, oh, you're a normal human person. They would see it for a second and it would be over. Cause I, I, I would then think I'm like, all right, this person has a pimple. Am I like, oh, no, I'm like, oh my oh, yeah. gosh, you got a zit. Oh, that's all I can Moving see. On. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, but we tend to, it, it is this, it is really central to our, our vanity. And I think your, your book covers a lot of vanity and, and, and what ends up happening, of course, your, your characters to start with are, there's a part of, at least me, maybe I'm a horrible person. is like a little glad because, because they're, they're kind of, <laughs> yeah. they're very, I mean, obviously both of them are very self-centered. Um, one mm -hmm. does more harm to people than, than the other, yeah. but, but it's like, at first I'm not particularly sympathetic towards them and I'm like, good. But then as thing go, things go along, I actually develop the empathy, which is interesting because I, I think probably it's typically in horror, I would say it's done the other way. Like you start with sympathy um, and I guess you, you should maintain it throughout, but, but I started with just like, good. And then being like, oh, now I actually care about them. Yeah. You know, um, weirdly, it's how I tend to, I love to write characters like that. Like, let's just make them as unlikable as possible. Mm -hmm. And then as the story goes, you kind of like realize like there are five core memories inside of them that shaped them to whatever, like maybe terrible person they are right now. Right. And you go, oh, God, I had only somebody hugged that boy like when he was a kid. Like maybe he wouldn't be such a jerk now. Um, but yeah, when I started Pretty Ugly, you know, before, like before I was really, really invested in it, I kept thinking of it as it's going to be this like dark, funny, 
kind of rom-com about these two people who are despicable and it's the end of the world and you know their faces might rot off and I thought that's gonna be hilarious mm-hmm. and uh it's obviously not the book I wrote <laughs> sure. but that's what that was what it started like the year before I started writing I kept saying to people I'm like oh yeah it's gonna be this like dystopian romantic comedy except the people are jerks and you're gonna like cheer for their faces to rot off and people are like okay yeah whatever you do you yeah. and uh it ended up not being that because yeah, I'd started to get to know them myself as I was writing them. And I thought, Oh, I started to like them. Even, even the one who was more despicable than the other. Sure. Well, it sounds like how you originally <laughs> wanted to go about it was a little less deep, maybe like, yeah. and, and that's what I'm really like. I do a lot of humor stuff. Like I consider myself like funny. Like I have a good sense of humor. That's where my mind typically goes. But what's interesting is even though I've attempted that in some of my horror nine times out of 10, it doesn't end up going that way because I realize I end up, I'm choosing a topic that's a little too, too deep for that. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm realizing, and I just did write, I think one of my few successful um, short stories that is humorous. And I realized because the premise itself was, was silly. And, and your premise was not silly. It's not silly. I know, you know, and I, and I think because when I started pretty ugly, I had just written like all of these other, like really deep books. And I was like, Oh, I want to write something light. And it ended up not being light. And then the book I just recently finished and is off to my agent. I also thought that was going to be like, I'm writing a comedy. And that one's funnier, but still at the end of the day, I'm like, and I think you're right. It's like, I keep picking these topics that are just like, there's really a, a hard, it's hard to make it funny Right. I mean, when you start with like, and then such and yeah. such died. Yeah. 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 yeah, but that's, yeah. That's... There are humorous moments in my book. Right. Yeah. And, and I like to think in mine, mine as well, but that's, that was the revelation I had recently. I'm like, all right, the concept, the premise is the premise silly. Then there's going to be humor. If not, it, you know, it's going to be very humorous. If not, it's, you know, you can, all horror ideally would have like little elements of, of humor, but like to make like the funny horror, to. it's gotta be pretty outlandish. And yeah, your, your premise was not, was not outlandish. And I like that the characters do start and maybe throughout to a certain degree, unlikable. I like to write those as well. That's, that's the critique I end up getting. And, and so I try to make mine a little more like because i love my unlikable characters and then people are like yeah i just didn't care about what happened to her because i thought that she was a piece of shit i'm like ah damn it and it's i know it's such a it's a hard line to toe because i'm always like i want people to not like them but i want people to love them but i i've gotten those reviews as well where it's just like i hated everybody in this book i'm glad they were miserable and i'm like ooh. Well, the worst okay. is when I actually use aspects of myself in the character. And that's when people are like, I hated that aspect. I was like, yeah, that's the one thing that's actually real. Okay. Yeah, no, that is, that has 100% happened to me with one of the characters in Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent. They were like, this is the worst part about his personality. And I'm like, oh, the part that's me. Oh, no. Which, is, But of course it's translated into a different yeah. character. So it's not really us, but yeah, to a certain degree. And that's, uh, oh, well, we can't not everyone's going to be fans of our writing or us personally. Or us. <laughs> and so, and so be it. So um, I, I feel like we've covered the gamut of flesh eating without flesh eating without, out too I know much. neither of us have gotten sick or fainted. <laughs> so 
I'm not That's a major. win. I'm, I'm a brooder, but uh, <laughs> oh, no. yeah. At least you're not a sulker. Like it would be worse if, like, halfway through this interview, I just like see you like lean back in your chair, <laughs> arms crossed, no, furrowed I brow. What, I knew what I was getting myself into, and I, I'm fine with that. That's part of this podcast. Is yeah, to go into the to the uncomfortable elements, and some people are definitely not going to touch this episode because they don't want to. And that's fine. I think they're cowards. No, I'm just kidding. They, <laughs> they shouldn't if they don't want to. If but... I could write it, they can listen to it. Of course they can. But if the listenership is limited, that's what we will blame. Yeah. Yeah. It's flesh eating bacteria and flesh eating virus. Yeah. No. yeah like it's else. not the feel good topic people are maybe looking for <laughs> I'll today. I, I'll see how I can spin the, the title. I'll have to think about it. But, but thank you, I, Jennifer. We'll come up with a pun. <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with something. But, uh, Really appreciate you coming on. Tell folks what you might be working on now. And although we will link to your stuff, remind people where they can find your work. Uh, the easiest place to find everything is on my website, which is www.jenniferangordon.com. And that's Ann with an E. That way you can link to your preferred bookseller if you wanted to buy Pretty Ugly. Um, I know it's on sale on Amazon, but if you would prefer to support your local indie bookstore, uh, I have links to bookshop.org on my website. So that is always a great place to go. Uh, what I'm working on right now is not even something I can technically talk about. It's one of those things and I hate to be that author who's like, I just finished something, but I can't talk about it. Um, but I will say in the process of that probably funnier book that's off with my agent, uh, I am working on some short stories for the first time in my life, including something that I would, uh, you can't see it, air quotes, werewolf. This is another weird medical thing. So Josh, I might be back talking to you sooner rather than later. Um, so um, yeah, I'm working on some short stories, maybe like a, an actual humorous serial killer thing and, uh, and lots of personal essays that are not humorous. Cool. <laughs> I look forward to all that. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking a trip with me through Josh's Worst Nightmare, where I, Josh Schlossberg, survey the dark landscape of biological horror fiction presented by Denver Horror Collective. If you don't want to miss any of the great, and sometimes disturbing, weekly episodes I've got planned for you, be sure to subscribe to Josh's Worst Nightmare on a variety of podcast platforms. You can also sign up for Josh's Worst Nightmare e-newsletter at joshsworstnightmare.com, where I share a whole squirming mess of bio-horror, including my infamous haiku horror reviews and my latest dark scribblings. Speaking of which, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my cosmic biological folk horror novella, Moline, from D&T Publishing, you can find a copy of the paperback, hardcover, or ebook at Amazon, Godless.com, or Josh'sWorstNightmare.com. Yours darkly, Josh Schlossberg. <laughs> <laughs>